Hello, and welcome back to this week's episode of Lit AF Relationships with me, your host, Sarah Cohan. I am a relationship and communication coach, and every week I look forward to bringing you episodes about creating secure relationships, both romantic, platonic, career-focused, all the categories, familial, relationships of all types. And today, actually, what I'm going to be talking about is using the idea of the what Atomic Habits author James Clear is really talking about with making 1% changes in your life and how those add up over time to make significant changes in healing your attachment style. So if you're new to attachment styles, actually what I recommend doing is listening to episode 102, where I break down each of the different attachment styles and talk about their patterns and how they are in our relationships, plural. So go start there and then come back because I'm going to talk deeply about different attachment styles and which 1% habits they can start to apply to start to get to secure attachment. Very excited about this episode. And of course, before I start, I always have my weekly check-in. And last week, I told you that I had so many things going on that I was so excited about. And I talked about jury duty, which was really interesting to me. And then what I didn't talk about was that my one-year-old son had his birthday. And it was such a day. It was such a moment. It was such a like a a punctuation mark on a time. And I can't believe it's just every parent always says it's the shortest year ever. And boy, were they right. It was the longest, shortest time ever. Time got real wonky, starting with pregnancy, really escalating during birth. Time just didn't even make any sense while I was going into labor. (laughs) And then it continued to just be super weird while I was nursing a newborn. And then becoming the mom of, I don't even know what the stage is between newborn and baby, the becoming the mom of a baby who eventually became a toddler. I mean, it's just wild. You know what? Throwing the birthday party, I like went into it with some intentions. I decided to keep the guest list smaller this year because I really wanted to spend time with the people that I just really love and want to have conversations with, people that I was excited to see people that I like would want to sit down and like have a deep convo with. So that was really, really, really fun. Different this year. I usually do potlucks. Like usually I ask people to bring stuff so that everyone's kind of pitching in. But I decided that we wanted to really, really host this one and have everyone be our guests. So we would have food ready for everyone. So it was an interesting change. And I have to say that It was a little bit more work for me (laughs) and my husband. And we kind of divide, you know, things differently. Every family is different, but we, he does childcare and I did the cooking and hosting. So it was just really interesting throughout the day to like check in with myself and be like, okay, you know what? I'm going to take a break from cooking and I'm going to sit down and actually like connect with the people that I have invited to be here. So it was really, really fun. It was a little bit outside of my comfort zone. I've kind of stopped hosting events ever since COVID and I've gotten really comfortable with that. (laughs) So this feels like a good kind of push to get outside of my comfort zone. 
So yeah, it was super fun. We had a smash cake, which seems very popular right now for one-year-old baby birthdays. He did not understand that he could just get into it. So he was like delicately admiring pieces of the cake (laughs) and then eating them very slowly. It was adorable. And then he immediately fell asleep right after eating the cake because he had skipped a nap. So that was our day. It felt like a true accomplishment. It was amazing. I brought family together that hasn't talked to each other for years. That was another accomplishment. It was beautiful. So now we're ready for year two. We'll see what this brings. I mean, you know, the first year is done. Now we're going into the next year. It's not that he's two. (laughs) I know how to count. I swear. All right. Thanks for listening. I got another update for you, but I'm going to save that for next week. Just a lot of parenting milestones this particular month. We are entering into Scorpio season. I don't know if you can feel that. It's a big shift. I'm excited. It's just an interesting time of year. Okay, so back to this week's episode. Today, what I talk about is how to use atomic habits to heal your attachment style. And today, I'm going to be talking about kind of the overall focus of Atomic Habits by James Clear. Fantastic book. It's it's been on like the top charts for like months, if not years. This is a really, really popular book. And I think it's so popular because it speaks to just kind of the desires of a lot of folks that want to make change in their life. So the book is phenomenal. James has such an interesting story. James, we're on a first name basis. Mr. Clear. Mr. Clear has such an interesting story of suffering from a really massive physical injury and repairing and then taking the lessons that he learned about repair literally physical repair and using those to make big changes in his life. And now he's got this best-selling book. He offers programs. I'm sure he's like a major public speaker. So he's made some significant changes in his life. And I love what he talks about in his book. So the kind of point of the book, and it was really interesting. I've talked about this before on the podcast, but I want to talk about more. This is one of the quotes of the book is too often we convince ourselves that massive results require massive action. So we think that, you know, we've got to put in so much work. And like, I often think about dieting when I think about big changes and using the willpower method, which is just like, I am going to willpower my way into not eating very much or only eating specific types of food and putting in that like massive amount of effort in order to see change. And but what we all know about dieting is that oftentimes that actually will (laughs) unfortunately result in higher weight because eventually your willpower wears out. And then you put weight on and then your body continues to put weight on because of the pressure that it was under beforehand of using willpower to quit. So another quote from his him is that we put pressure on ourselves to make some earth shattering improvement that everyone will talk about. I love this quote because <laughs> it really gets at that like huge, massive shift, quick change that we expect in our society, right? We want instant results. We want instant delivery. We want things to happen and they have to happen right now. We kind of live in this like instantaneous culture right now. And so when it comes to change in how we think and what we can accomplish in our life, actually what's happening is we have to make slow, small, incremental changes that will actually build up into the bigger change that we want. But that doesn't sound very sexy, right? That sounds like slow and boring. But slow and boring is the way to go here. 
So another quote from the book is improving by 1% isn't particularly notable. Sometimes it isn't even noticeable. It can be far more meaningful, especially in the long run. If you get 1% better each day for one year, you'll end up 37 times better by the time you're done. That's it. 37 times better. Can you imagine that? Imagine yourself 37 times better at setting boundaries, sharing needs, asking for support, receiving support, being there for your partner, allowing love in and letting love out. Just imagine if you could multiply that by 37 times. That is a lot of times. So in the spirit of atomic habits, what I wanted to talk about today is just breaking down what those 1% habits are for each of the different attachment styles. I'll share a personal story. This was actually really inspired by a recent fight that I had with my husband. And this is actually, you know, like really tied to my fearful, avoidant, insecure attachment type. So fearful avoidance will often experience growth as this massive, like if you can picture a chart, right? Like you got your X and Y axis, and then you've got your growth that's going up in a diagonal line. And fearful avoidance have a tendency to have experienced massive growth. They have such a high need for learning and they have such a high need to feel better. And they're like, wow, these tools can help me feel better. And then all of a sudden, as soon as they have some growth, then they're going to have a little backslide. You'll see that diagonal angle go up and then it'll kind of have a, a steep drop. It'll have a steep clip. And that can be so frustrating to the fearful avoidant because all of a sudden you're like questioning everything. Was that even real? Uh, what's the point if I'm just going to backslide? Can I even get back to where I was before? You know, it's just a lot of questioning and fear around it. And so what happens is it's really important for the fearful avoidant to understand this cycle because what happens is you've got a series of growth upswings followed by some cliff drops. and But that just continues and continues and continues along your entire journey. But on my most recent cliff drop, which was last week when I was having a blowout fight with my husband, I was screaming so loud. I woke up my son from a nap. I was so embarrassed and I felt so ashamed for fighting that way. What I realized through the help of my coach, because yes, I'm in coaching. I truly believe that everyone needs to have that sounding board. What I believe is that what was happening is that I was like, no, I need to see massive change in this area and the way that I fight with my husband when actually I just need to say like, what is that 1% habit that will put me in the right direction of a secure attachment that will then add up this year to 37 times better? Think about that. So I'm going to start with the fearful avoidant category. So the 1% better for the fearful avoidant is to take that one step towards trust. Trust is the biggest issue for the fearful avoidant. They also struggle with boundaries. So think about what in one of those two directions, where can I put one more foot forward in building trust? And I'll give you the secret to build trust. You actually, with someone else, you actually have to build trust with yourself first. And so oftentimes the best way to start to build self-trust is to have congruency. So how you set up your day, how you plan your day is then how you act out your day. Or if you say like, okay, if I'm feeling bad, I'm going to go home instead of going out with friends. That is building congruency. 
you're standing up for yourself. But another great way to do it is to set boundaries. So if you find yourself in situations where you're not setting boundaries and instead you have this like buildup of resentment towards others, what you can do is start to do the 1%, 1%, think of 1%. What is the 1% thing that you can do that will start to set that boundary that you've been needing to set for a long time? And usually what the 1% is, is mapping out what you would say, how you would say it, practice saying it. You don't even have to say it because that that's 5%. Do you see how the 1% is just, okay, today I'm just going to think about what I would say. Today, I'm going to start to dialogue to myself how I'm going to set a boundary. And then tomorrow, the next 1% is practicing that dialogue out loud with myself. And then the following day, the next 1% is uh, letting the person know that you're working on setting boundaries. So you're not even setting a boundary with them. You're just letting them know like, hey, I'm doing a new thing. I'm learning how to set boundaries. So I just want to let you know that so that, you know, in case it comes up, you're not totally surprised and shocked. You just see what I'm saying? Like each day you're just doing 1%, 1%, not 5%, not 50%, not a drastic change not a complete 180. We're not doing 180 degrees. We are doing 1%. This is this pace at which your subconscious moves, honestly. And if you try to move faster than that 1%, all these fears are going to come up. All of these red flags and like trigger responses are going to come up. Your brain's going to be like, this isn't safe. Don't do this. And then you're just going to abandon ship because it's not going to feel good. So this 1% actually brings you closer to your goal in a slower and more acceptable way for your subconscious. Okay, moving on. The anxious preoccupied is similar to the fearful avoidant. So I'm going to give you two paths here. The 1% for the anxious preoccupied, first one is to turn towards themselves to regulate. So oftentimes the anxious preoccupied is looking to someone else to help them regulate. They're looking to someone else to help fix their problem. They're looking to someone else to help make them feel better. They're looking to someone else for that connection to tell them that they're doing a good job. And what I want you to do here is the 1% of actually turning towards yourself and giving that to yourself. So what would be the 1% of that? How can you spend one minute turning towards yourself today instead of someone else? So maybe that could be a one-minute meditation, one minute of journaling. You can use your notes app in your phone, one minute of recording a voice note to yourself about how you're feeling that day. That's all it is. That's the first percent. It's just saying what's here. The next 1% is going to say, I am acknowledging you. I'm here for you. What do you need? What's up? You can talk to yourself like this. I know it sounds very strange, but this is literally how I talk to myself all the time. What do you need, sweetie? What's coming up for you in this moment? How can I be here for you? Do you need a hug? I'm going to give you a hug. And then I give myself an imaginary hug on the insides and it feels so good. So think about what that 1% would be for you of turning towards yourself first before going to your external environment for validation, security, safety, regulation. Think about what it is that you often go towards others for and really think about how you can meet that for yourself. And then of course, the second path is sharing needs and setting boundaries. See, anxious preoccupied often struggles with setting those. So think about how you can, again, in the same way I mentioned above for the fearful avoidant, how can you start to just do the first 1% 
of setting a boundary with someone. So follow those same steps. What would I say to them? The next day I'm going to practice saying that out loud. Then the next day I'm going to let them know that I'm setting boundaries. Okay. So regarding the dismissive avoidant 1% better. So the work of the dismissive avoidant is to start to get comfortable with emotions, which can be really difficult at first. Emotions were not safe for this dismissive avoidant growing up. So it's important to do this extremely slowly, which is why I love the 1% better solution here. So for the dismissive avoidant, what you want to do is to start to get in touch with your emotions. And I want you to think about what the 1% is starting from today. So maybe the 1% is starting to understand, like having a list of emotions and looking at them and trying to say like, oh, this might be the emotion that I'm identifying with right now. That will be the first, the first 1%. The second percent will be exploring what that emotion feels like in your body. So, oh, when I feel embarrassment, I feel it in in the pit of my stomach. It feels cold. It feels like it's throbbing. Like just start to say, just start to get comfortable with what the sensations of what the feelings, the sensations of an emotion feel like. And then maybe the third day is 1% better than that. You're creating a dialogue for what you would say to someone else about how you're feeling. I am feeling really shut down right now. And when you're starting to practice that dialogue, what you're doing is you're trying to say what you're feeling without blaming it on anyone else. You're just owning your feelings. So that would be the 1% better from the day before. And then eventually you're going to get to the point where sharing your feelings is second nature and you're totally able to open up to your partner and regulate with them and repair with them and ask for when you need alone time. That's like the direction that you're headed in. But right now what you're doing is just starting to get a vocabulary together around what different emotions feel like in your body. And then the other one is to share needs. So I know for fearful, avoidant, and anxious, preoccupied, I share a lot about setting boundaries. And so for the dismissive avoidant, what I would suggest is the 1% better for sharing a need. So what you want to do for this is try to identify in the moment what it is that you need that will make you feel better. And then doing the 1% today that will get you eventually to the point where you're sharing your needs as if you're breathing air, like it's so natural to you. So the first 1% step is to understand what your needs are in the situation. So where you're going to start is just saying, wow, I'm feeling a little bit uncomfortable in this situation. You know, what would be great right now is fill in the blank, a hug, some validation from someone, words of affirmation, being able to remove yourself from the situation and have some alone time. That is totally okay for you to ask for. But just the first step, the first 1% is figuring out like, what is it that you actually need in the moment? And then step two, the 2% better the next day, what you're going to do is practice how you would ask someone to meet that need. So if your need is, I need some more alone time, what you're going to do is just practice a dialogue to say, I am feeling embarrassed right now. And what I need is just a moment alone to actually process what I'm going through. Do you see how you're just practicing? And then maybe the third percent, the next percent is practicing saying it out loud. We're just going so, 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 so slowly here. And then the next percent is sharing with your partner. Hey, just want to let you know that I am working on sharing needs. 
I'm learning how to communicate and I just want to let you know that so that you're not totally surprised when I come to you and I'm sharing a need and it's like totally out of the blue. So that way you're getting your person ready, whether it's your boss or your um, partner or your friends or your family, whoever it is, you're like getting them primed and ready for the fact that you're going to be showing up in a new way that they have never seen before. And then you're just going to keep going from there, right? Then the next 1% better is actually saying the dialogue that you've just practiced to yourself alone out loud to someone else. And then maybe the 1% after that is saying it out loud to someone else and then regulating by yourself after you do it. So whatever comes up, once you say it to someone, then you make a promise to yourself, okay, whatever happens, no matter how they react, I make a promise to myself to go to to a room, usually by yourself. Again, that's totally okay to ask for and process what is coming up for you in that moment. That is the 1% better. And then for secure, what I wanted to do is to make sure that you also had a 1% better. And my guess is that if you present a little bit more secure, you're probably here because you're either in a relationship with someone that has an insecure attachment type, or you're probably going through a breakup. Either way, welcome. Hey, we all need a little help. Am I right? And so for you, what I would say, the 1% better here is trying to figure out how you can support your partner in a way that they'll understand. So I think the 1% better is maybe learning about attachment styles. You can listen to this podcast. You can read a book. There's several different books out there. You can Google it. There's tons of blog posts out there about it. You can watch on YouTube. There's so many different resources where you can learn about different attachment styles. And then what you can do is you can say, okay, the next day what I'm going to do is I'm going to try to decide or decipher which attachment style my partner likely is so that I can start to speak to their biggest fears when I'm trying to have a dialogue with them so I can get ahead of that and actually make them feel supported. And then after you do that, what you're going to do is you're going to decide, okay, so now I know that my partner is anxious, preoccupied, and they get nervous when I'm not in communication with them. And so what I'm going to do is I'm going to make a commitment when they're texting me and I know I'm not going to be able to respond. I'm going to get ahead of it and just say, hey, just so you know, I'm in work meetings until 6 p.m. today, and I will respond to you as soon as I am able. But I just want to let you know that that's going on today. So please, like, don't be concerned. I'm still in love with you. Like, we're still good. I'm just not going to be able to communicate until that time. And then that way you're getting ahead of their biggest fears and you're like making them feel so loved and supported. So beautiful. And then from there, you're going to go from like that 1%, 1%, 1%. So when you're in a conversation with them, how can you ask for your needs to be met or set a boundary in a way where they're not going to feel distanced? Because when you set a boundary, the anxious preoccupied gets really threatened by that and they feel like, The boundary is um, taking away from their need for connection. So how can you make them feel so good about how much you value them and you want to spend time with them while also setting a boundary? So saying like, I'm unable to hang out with you on Thursday night, but please, I want you to know that I love spending time with you and I look forward to spending time with you at this date at this time. That way you're just making them feel like they're, they're really like, addressing my biggest fear. I just don't even have to worry about that right now. So that's one track you can take. And then if you're going through a breakup right now, what I would really suggest for the 1% better, because breakups are so hard. They're so hard. When you're in a relationship, it's almost like a 
you take on a third identity. It's like you have the two people in the relationship. And then you have this third identity of who you both are when you're together and who you both are in a relationship. And then all of a sudden, when you're going through a breakup, that just dissolves. It doesn't matter if you're the person that broke up or if you got dumped. Like that identity, that third identity is just gone. And it can feel so hard, so heartbreaking, so confusing so dark. Like I remember my last huge breakup. I was just like, I have to completely rebuild who I am from the ground up. So what I would recommend for you to do is just start to think about like, who am I by myself in in this life? Like you can, again, do that journal practice that I recommended above for the fearful avoidant and the anxious preoccupied. Just spend one minute a day saying like talking to yourself or one minute a day trying to answer questions of like, what do I believe in? What do I like to do every day? If I could do something tomorrow, what what would it be? Like, what would be my dream scenario? And then what you're doing here is you're just like getting in touch with yourself 1% at a time, slowly but surely. So hopefully by the end, you're like building this record of who you are and you're checking in with that. And then eventually what you're going to do is you're going to start to make plans to hang out with yourself, make plans to hang out with other people you're going to start to address any fears that you have around dating. Like it's just, you know, these things just happen like so slowly. But again, just doing that, focusing on that 1%, that next step will help you get to that 37 times better. (laughs) Okay. So that's all I have for you today. I hope that that's helpful in terms of just making a 1% decision, 1% better decision today in order to get you to the massive result by the end of the year. And I know you can get there. If you are interested in getting too secure, if you want to work on having secure attachment in your relationships, if you want to have safe, loving, supportive relationships where you are setting boundaries, sharing your needs confidently, I would love to help you. You can check out my program through booking a free discovery call. And um, through those discovery calls, what you'll learn is what is possible for you to change your attachment style within the next six months. It's one of my favorite things to do. So if you're interested in booking a discovery call, you can go to sarahcohan.com forward slash coaching. That's S-A-R-A-H-C-O-H-A-N.com forward slash coaching. And there you can find a calendar to book the discovery call. I look forward to meeting you. It's going to be so fun. And otherwise, I look forward to seeing you back here next week. Thank you so much.